This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. We are actually busy as you listen to this. We're never busy. We, we, are, are, we are in the middle of shooting a piece we call Price of Fun that's been very, very exciting, very difficult to wrestle to the ground. In fact, I won't go into all the details because we'll cover some of it on camera and more when the piece comes out. But friends, friends listening, <laughs> friends, you, you, you can't possibly understand how difficult it can be to put five or six cars on camera at the same time. Whether we do it for one of our generational pieces, which is in multiple of those movies, or this, where there are cars across the strata of prices, it's difficult to put two cars on camera at the same time, unless mm -hmm. you own both. Well, yeah. Short of that, it's quite difficult. And this is the reason that most of the channels you're watching don't do it. And our kind of like baseline, we want three. That's like Absolutely. a shoot for us. We'd like to have three cars. Well, doing this is so difficult that a few years goes by and we forget how difficult it is. And we're like, that was awesome. Look at the finished product. We did good. That was cool. People liked it. And look how good they look together on camera. We should do that again. And then we bash our heads against the wall because we forgot how yeah. hard it is. So we have we have five, maybe six. Notice it. Notice the reality <laughs> yeah. of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Cars actually on camera right now for a really cool piece. We're very excited about that is coming soon. That has nothing to do with all the other stuff we're doing. By the way, there's a road trip to cut that, oh, that I'm very excited about. But we have two really cool car debates. We have questions from you guys. There's a lot of stuff going on that is normal stuff on top of the fact that we are shooting crazy things. And by the way, speaking of crazy things, did you notice that the Porsche GT3 RS video with us driving it on Spa just dropped yesterday on our original Everyday Driver channel? Now with more wing, everyone, yes. the GT3 RS. Mm -hmm. Thanks to our friends at RSR yes. for letting us have this car, not just at Spa, but on the ring too. Mm -hmm. And Todd and I cackled, giggling like idiots. Is That's that appropriate? A... Here's how much fun we had. We planned to shoot it on Spa, which is a crazy sentence already, that RSR yeah. was willing to have us in this car, which they'd had like five minutes. And it, it wasn't reserved <laughs> that, that day. Yeah. So Because if it gets reserved by somebody else, we totally get it. It, it wasn't reserved that, what, that day. We got to drive it. We had an amazing time. We shot a video. We hope you'll watch it. We didn't expect to drive it on the ring. That wasn't even on our radar. But it happened to be at the ring the day we were at the ring. And they were like, you want to take some laps? To their detriment, they didn't <laughs> tell us how many laps. So I went and did like three or four. I gave it to you. You did like three or four. And uh -huh. then they came to us very nicely and were like, would you please stop lapping would you, would the GT3 RS? The car? Please park it. It's expensive to run. Like, <laughs> what? We're having so much fun. You want to kill the fun? No. So, yes, it was, we it was had an amazing. amazing time. It is an amazing car. And I really hope you'll watch that piece. Also, there's some stuff in the middle of that piece where Ron, who owns the car, decides to drive it around. Well, I also unfortunately got food poisoning just the night before, so I remember seeing myself on camera going, oh yeah, my stomach was hurting so bad You're the right only there. one that knows. I really tried to not let that diminish my experience with yeah, the car and yeah. not, not go fast and not, but I was in pain and... Uh, 
I'm glad that we got through it. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Well, but, and then you got to drive it on the ring quite quickly too. You took passengers. That was it a was, good day too because very... Pepto Bismol is amazing. Around. <laughs> and, you, and you didn't have cameras running, which allows us to focus quite differently. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, you can go quite quickly. And yeah, people who went on our road tour, uh, like mentioned, they, they got to ride along. Uh, it was very fun. time yeah, was in that car good. too. So thank you, RSR. We really appreciate it. Now on to the car that doesn't have more wing, which is the 2023 Hyundai Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. For $45,255, you get a 2.5 liter turbo engine in line four, eight speed auto, but this is the old one. It's the one that's about to go away. Yes, we've got this as a press car Mm -hmm. right now. And this new one is coming, stylistically speaking. It is the opposite end of the design universe. Yes, the one we we currently (laughs) have. The one we have is silver on top of everything else. And quite rounded. Quite rounded. The the one coming up is quite boxy, like taking a a page out of the G-Wagon and going, how do we make the Hyundai version of the G-Wagon, styling-wise? Think about it. Or, Or the Range Rover. It has that kind of look which is completely different than this Santa Fe. That one's coming soon. We don't know if we'll be on the drive for that or not. But we have this current Santa Fe, and I will say I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit because the biggest surprise actually is that engine. I had no idea that the 2023 model is as spry as it is. It's a fantastic word for it. I decided to go hunting for people. And nobody else is ready for this either. Nobody's expecting a silver Hyundai Santa Fe to come creeping up behind them or blasting up behind <laughs> well, them either. Yeah. To the point where I'm wondering if this has electric turbos that are just running and have like boost is already <laughs> on tap. They're already up. Yeah. And then combined with the first gear of your high school 10 speed bike, mm. it's super tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Weep. And we're out of first gear. And you're yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Zero this to 16, thing this thing's like six and a half. Snaps your neck in a silver boring blah blah uh-huh. doesn't look like it would nope but you can drag race everybody (laughs) with a 23 santa fe so i have high hopes for the next one Mm -hmm. i hope they don't change it but the problem with the throttle response is that it's very hard to modulate yeah it's not fun to drive it's whoa this thing's really snappy and then i i can't modulate beyond just constantly on edge and constantly snappy i can't get to a Mm -hmm. normal driving where i can i just want to pass somebody nope we're passing we're passing all the people (laughs) You want to pass one person? You pass six. Crap. It's not what I wanted. I just, can we just ease for a family SUV, for a five seat Mm -hmm. SUV to have this personality is weird. It is weird. And and otherwise it's, it's kind of a mid grade Hyundai product. The interior is nice, but not stand out. The it's room good. is okay. Yeah, it's, it's it, it really is. It's Look, we, we joke about the five-seat silver SUV. This really is in the fine category. But then we also talk about, on all of our test drives, we talk about how we love it when they surprise us. And this did on power. A really big surprise. We kept driving it going, this is really... I mean, did you see how fast I passed him? Sucker moves. Yes, it does. Nobody else will believe it. They'll be like, what do you got, a Formula One engine in that thing? <laughs> is that the return of the Renault Espace van <laughs> from it's not, the 1990s? It's like, I like it. No. Do you have a picture of this pulled up in front of you, by the way? Because as of this episode, the premiere of the new Santa Fe has happened and I am not convinced it got better, even though really? okay. Hyundai has explored some design language with this Santa Fe, but it never really took. Mm-hmm. And Hyundai mm-hmm. is one of those companies that can get away with trying stuff. Yeah. It's not like they're locked into a style guide like BMW is. Like, true, true, true. It ha- doesn't well, have to look like anything. You're you know, right. we inflated the, you know, but they're still there. Santa the, the Fe is going to be super duper boxy. Yeah. Like the... extra boxy with a side of boxy on the side. I mean, boxy. <laughs> Helping of boxy. Yes. But the wheel arches are quite Toyotified, mm. And the back of it, I'm sorry, it looks like a mid-80s Vanagon, which with apologies to Vanagons everywhere. <laughs> Okay. It is a Vanagon. 
is there such a a thing rear hatch it's the vanagon in the back is there such a thing as a square ice cream scoop and if you use a square ice cream scoop do you get cubes is this what's happened here yeah oh and good news the led headlight signature is an h pattern because it's a hyundai Mm -hmm. so well the back you're talking about the back it's like explaining the the joke to people when you have to explain the joke Mm. it's like it's not funny the back is not attractive it's a vanagon wonder if the lights are just too low or the window doesn't come down far. It's just like, low, what's going on? But Vanagons everywhere mm. should be kind of upset because here we are <laughs> okay. back to the mid 80s. All right, got like it. 85 is okay. what I'm thinking. And I couldn't unsee it. So I'm really hoping it dries well. Hopefully Hyundai has fixed the throttle response problem. Not that it's a problem. It's just a problem for a five-seat SUV. Put that on your sports car. Sure. Well, but, but you're also speaking to something that I feel like I'm noticing more and more, and that is a lot of current turbos and current throttle response, they are so tuning it for the person that barely wants to move their foot at the stoplight that you know the, the, the pedal's supposed to have three or four, maybe six inches of total travel, and I feel like most cars I get in now, especially ones that are turboed, that are kind of mid-grade cars, you never use anything but the top quarter. Because there's no reason to floor it. It actually doesn't feel any different floor than it yeah. does with only a quarter of it put yeah. down. But the problem is there, it's difficult to modulate. All of that pedal travel makes modulation easier, and we're not using it. Well, I also think that the engineering team has been told to make this good for a test drive. Yeah. On a test drive, if it jumps off the line, yes. hey, this is fast. This yes. is amazing. Let's mm-hmm. buy this. Well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Just Wait. Why don't you take it on a longer test drive and see yep. if you can live with yep. that kind of throttle response? Because the entire vehicle has been designed to be in demo mode. It's always in demo mode. <laughs> Remember when you bought stereos and they were in demo mode? It's like, just, how do I shut this off? This <laughs> is just in demo mode all the time. You're like, okay, I bought it. Stop can showing we, fireworks on the screen. <laughs> Stop it. Exactly. Can we just go back to a normal car? Nope. We're still in demo mode. <laughs> you will be 100,000 miles in and it's in demo mode. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We always recommend that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is brakes. An upgraded braking system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. From the track to the trail, even your morning commute, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter your vehicle and driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. Just go to PowerStop.com and you fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder. You'll get matched with complete kits with components that are low-dust, which we've seen, noise-free, which is amazing, and feature upgraded stopping power. We've seen great results firsthand on our cars, and we encourage you to improve your car with better brakes from PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy. Our debate is from Matt L. writing to us. We're not sure exactly where you're located. I don't think that was in your email, Matt, but that's all right. Yeah. He is writing to us because he doesn't want to be an unimaginative sheep. Okay. So what you're saying is, Matt, if I recommend to you a mid-grade five-seat silver or gray SUV, that's not where you're going for. And I appreciate that. That's good. That's excellent news. really just sprints off the line. Excellent news, yeah. Very turbocharged. Well, Matt is car shopping. He's feeling analysis paralysis and is hoping that we can help. He finally has a little means to get something other than the mostly responsible, boring, cheap, and... (laughs) 
other vehicles that he's had in the past. He's ready for a change. He was in grad school. He has also completed the 25th grade, it looks like. Looks like it, yeah. Now done at the ripe age of 36. That was a lot of school. Anyway, okay, yeah. So he's got a real job. He's out of the ivory tower. Maybe he can afford something more fun. He's a dad of two awesome kids, he writes, ages four and one. His amazing wife, he writes, also does most, but not all of the kids schlepping. Okay. Daycare is a stone's throw from the house. My dad would refer to that as a wedge or about a nine iron from the house. (laughs) (laughs) He's a golf, golf guy. They do family trips and will continue to do camping trips as the kids get older. Mm -hmm. Matt's wife drives a 2015 Lexus NX200T. That is the the smaller in the Lexus SUV lineup for those of you that are trying to envision it. He says it's a nice place to spend time with a reasonable pace, low miles for the year, the model year, and it's still under warranty. They Mm. got a good deal. She loves the car for now. Mm Mm-hmm. Matt drives a Toyota. It's a 2012 Highlander SE. And he doesn't actually have very nice things to say yeah, about it. It's not it. a <laughs> kind kind word. <laughs> <He's> not, <laughs> he, he insults this Toyota. He essentially <laughs> says that it runs. I mean, that's insults really where we're car. at. He said it's worn, the, the suspension is worn out badly. The transmission blew at 95,000 miles, which was a $5,000 cost. But he kept driving. The engine mm. solenoids needs replacing. And uh, they, they, they actually decided to fail on a mountain bike road trip. And uh, he's put his faith in Toyota in the past, but he feels like, I just, I bought a bad one. And this mm. has been bad. Could have. I mean, it sounds like it wasn't well taken care of. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you bought it used at 90K and then it transmission blew at 95. Yeah. Well, considering this fiasco, he's open to new cars. He needs to keep it under $40,000. Okay. His job is very demanding. Plus his busy family, busy kids. He doesn't have time to work on cars himself, even though he does like it. Okay. He's open to used vehicles. But since the used vehicle price bumps and his experience that we just described, he's considering buying brand new, something he would have never entertained even a couple years ago. Okay. Interesting. He skis weekly in winter. Like it. Regardless of conditions, that is a man that needs to ski. We have a guy we yes. know here locally who the minute there's a first big snowstorm, he's a backcountry hiker and skier. Yeah. And he will ski then, which is typically like last week of October. He will start skiing. He'll hike in the backcountry and ski. He will try to ski every day Amazing. until March, April when that when it's the reverse side of the season. Bring and I, and I like to ski, but not like that. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, I, I do have rock skis, but... <laughs> Well, the rock skis are just the skis that you wore out prior and right. you bought new skis. And went, I'll keep those for rock skis. Yeah. Well, Matt writes, at the risk of coming across as unimaginative, he's been considering the new WRX because he test drove it. He thought it was a good improvement over the last gen. We agree. And it's that first gen that he owned long ago. He says there's manual fun to be had, great all-wheel drive, good reliability, and there's enough of a back seat and he can move skis or a mountain bike on the roof rack. Sure, yeah. He's driven a Ford Focus ST wagon on a trip to Europe. He really liked it, fit everyone. It was a big improvement or mm-hmm. over the SUV. Well, it's a low bar. Yeah, isn't for it, sure. Matt? Mm-hmm. They drove a Toyota Tundra on another trip as a free rental upgrade, which his <laughs> wife hated. <laughs> no, the sentence actually is my wife despised it and I felt like a tool. <laughs> Not a fan is what wow. you're saying. Okay, good. All That's right. Something against Toyota here. But he said the V8 and the suspension were awesome in Tucson. Then they rented a Volvo sedan turbo something or other, he writes, during their honeymoon years ago. And the driving was fun, but the electronics were overbearing. That's mm. that's probably improved since you've driven a Volvo. It's like your impression of that thing. You know, give it a decade and things have changed. Probably, so yes. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's driven a Toyota Tacoma, a 4Runner, 
He wonders why the Forerunners cost so much money. They do cost a because lot. Because of the cult, man. There's a cult. There's a big why? Toyota truck cult. And it. Pro- here's the thing. Sorry, side note. All of those old Toyota trucks that don't have turbo engines are probably going to hang on to all of their value for the next four or five years. As the entire lineup, probably. from Tundras through Tacomas, everything goes to turbo and hybrid. The folks that are diehard for that naturally aspirated V6 or V8 are going to cling to those vehicles and their prices are going to stick. Cling. They're going to cling to them. They are. Yes. Yes. Oh, mental image. RAV4 hybrid, he says, that's a snooze. But his wife wants a Toyota Sienna. Mm, She loves that thing. We've talked about boxy with a helping of box. Yes. That now only comes in all-wheel drive uh, hybrid and is actually excellent. If you're looking for a minivan, that's excellent. It is. It's expensive. That's right out of his budget, but I'm glad she likes it. Pay for that box. Mm Mm-hmm. He says the Subaru Outback is so practical, but the XT was way better, but also expensive. Foresters are practical and boring. WRXs are fun to drive. Good space for car seats. And the Honda CRV, same as the RAV4, been there and bored. Okay. I question your choice there because I'm about to recommend the brand new CRV hybrid to you, Matt. Are so you just really? Know that? Just we're bracing ourselves. Spoiler alert. Okay, got the it. Prior gen, the fifth gen CRV. I'm with you. We you can just crush them all. You were not a fan. And build. Honda CRV henge out of them <laughs> or something. <laughs> what art installation can we build? CRV henge. I like <laughs> of, it. It's good. The last All right. Gen. Okay. Let's All just right. pile them up and it'll be the new Burning Man thing that we burn right at the Burning Man <laughs> Festival. We just, I know where to send your CRV, <laughs> but the new one, very, it's dramatically different. You were a much bigger fan for sure. It's built on the, the Civic chassis, which we like a lot. I, I get it. I parked it next to Todd's, well, one of Todd's Cayennes. Stop. I knew it was coming, yes. <laughs> and amazingly enough, they're about the same size. They're, I think the CRV was slightly bigger, and it drove well, and it had better technology, and it felt better built. It felt like Honda was back to doing their Honda things. Mm-hmm. The last one was not good. <laughs> How do you feel, Paul? <laughs> Let it out, man. Uh, it's a safe space. Off you go. <laughs> Are we in the, the, yeah. the trust tree? Be careful, yeah. <laughs> We're in the yeah. trust tree, right? Wow, uh-huh. Yeah, branches are breaking. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> He likes the Subaru all-wheel drive system. His wife had an Impreza wagon. Let's see what else. Oh, he's, well, trying to avoid accidents because his neighborhood gets iced up. Good winter handling is a must that he writes. No mm. tires will be installed. We applaud good. you. Good, good, That clapping noise that you hear is us clapping for that. And we're not apl- applauding quietly either. That's a, there's a lot of it going on. In fact, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> there okay. it is, yes. Okay, applauding for snow tires. It's happening right now. Well, Matt has also been unfairly reluctant to drive anything in the Volkswagen group. That's because they build things like the Taos. You're not wrong, Matt. <laughs> but they, they build some good stuff, but they also what? do build the Taos. What? what good stuff do they build? I actually like the, the GTI and the Golf R. The G- well, they're not SUVs. That's oh, why. Oh, true. They're oh, hot true. hatches. No, absolutely and true. that's the thing they've built since the And he said 70s. Volkswagen group, my friend, and you're a big Porsche fan, so you got to be a little careful. Well, group... You got to be careful Group. there. Seat has some good stuff. Yeah, Skoda does some stuff. They're managed and run differently. It's I not know. like, hey, what saying. are you doing, Volkswagen Design Studio? They have their own separate. Be careful. They're in Stuttgart. Volkswagen's Get in Wolfsburg. In trouble. He's, cons- he's considered two car options, like a GR86 and a bigger 4x4. I like that idea. But he's got 40 grand. So that makes that we harder. Could, we could squeeze. Well, yeah, that, uh, we right? can always add budget, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd love to have a fun commuter because he drives 30 miles round trip three or four times a week. Hustles up the canyons, which makes him... I wonder if he's local to Salt Lake. I don't know. Don't know. Well, he could be Southern California for that description. He could be Southern California, yeah. yeah. He'd like to do some track days. 
He does the outdoor fun two or three times a week. But oh, I like this, Matt. He's really keen on learning to drive at a higher level and having fun. Okay. He enjoys the manual driving experience and would love a vehicle with performance suspension and driving dynamics. Mm. He's considered a Boxster, something older, something else like that. But he's leery. Again, he brings up the Volkswagen Group. See, I'm telling you, you got to be careful because that, that wipes out a lot of stuff. Yeah. No Bentleys or Lamborghinis for you. Mm-hmm. No Uruses for you, Matt. The Bugatti is right out. It's right out. Uh-huh. His vehicle history includes a Concorde. Remember the Concorde? I do remember Late the Concorde. Late 90s Chrysler Concorde. Yeah. It's offensive. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> Got it. Chevy Trailblazer, he didn't like that. Jeep Liberty didn't like that. There's a lot of not liking on your car list. I mean, you said a Honda Civic manual, which you said was not kept well but ran anyway. The car on the middle of your huge list here was your 2001 Subaru WRX wagon, and it is still listed here as your favorite car ever by a long shot. There's six cars after that. What about a 92X? If the WRX wagon, he could get a cheap 92X. He could get a cheap 92X. You were right. And then Very some true. kind of SUV. That's true. You're right. He lists Forerunners, RAV4s, and Highlanders. Uh, 2012. Yep. Yeah, that's the 2012 that he currently owns. Mm-hmm. He'd like a car that isn't boring, that handles blizzards up canyons. Oh, I think you are local. You mentioned Little Cottonwood Canyon uh, Road here. Oh, okay. So he wants his next vehicle to feel like his mountain bike or his skis ripping down a hill. Okay. Well, Matt, I'm going to start somewhere somewhat controversial. You are not looking fondly at Volkswagen, and you're not looking fondly at Toyota, and I'm going to recommend one of each. (laughs) Okay. Surprise. You haven't liked Toyota all-wheel drive. You have $40,000 to spend. You need a car that you can have fun in that can also haul all your gear and can possibly haul kids. You need to drive the GR Corolla. Great. They're not 40 grand though. Well, but I mean, you know, he can get the base one which is what listed at 36, which means you're probably out the door at 41, 42 if they do mark wow. up. Wow. Yes I, to that. GR if you Corolla. Can pull that off. Yes. And here's here's the uh, the other trick is that the circuit the core versus the circuit. If you get the actual limited slip on both ends, it doesn't matter. It really does. Yeah, There's really a few little flourishes, but most of the flourishes in styling are done at the dealer anyway. <laughs> the, the only thing that matters is the way the word is spelled. <laughs> they both start with the letter C. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good point. So I really think that the GR Corolla would surprise you. I'm also going to say Golf R in manual. Golf R's are fun and good. Yes. yes. So I think look, I feel like both of those do what you want the WRX to do, and the WRX does do, except they're both hatches, which makes them more usable. And the Golf R is going to be significantly nicer than the WRX. And I think personally think that the Corolla is more fun than the WRX. How can the company that builds the Golf R build the Taos? What are it's ta- Tausen? It, it, ta- what, what is ta- the plural? Ta- Taoses? Taoses? Uh, it's all bad. It's all bad, yeah. It's, How it's, it's can bad they build news. the same car? It's like two different companies. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I like those choices. I was thinking about this CRV Sport Hybrid All-Wheel Drive for you, Matt, because they're $35,000, not including tax, title, and license. That's Sport Hybrid that is the first level of hybrid. You can get it cheaper with just the gas engine. But what I'm thinking about is you buy your wife the CRV, you take that Lexus and start commuting in that. And then start saving for your fun car with whatever that is, because you're you. still kind of figuring that okay. out. It yeah, sounds yeah. like big jumps. You know, we acquired another yeah, SUV yeah. or a more family kind of thing. And then a, a sports car for you might be a too much at this sure, point. Sure, sure. But I, I see the Sienna. I just feel like I don't see why. Well, don't you, don't, you also Sienna? don't need it right now. You're not you're it. not actually solving that problem yet, oh, even okay. though you have it kind of on the horizon. And 50,000 plus. The idea that I think we all cling to 
that minivans, we don't like them, but at least they're useful and they're cheap. Problem is they're not cheap. You get any modern minivan, they're actually, they're great. They're very usable. They have an amazing amount of tech. And oh my gosh, I can't believe how useful this is. And did you see the price? Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Like a decent minivan is 50 grand. Okay. Let's say you get that new CRV sport hybrid. Okay. And you've got the Lexus and then you're, you're starting to think about your commute car, your fun something. Yep. Here we go. It's not a manual. It's a Mazda 3 Turbo, but it does everything else. Yeah, I wondered about that too. Still it's worth really driving. Fun. It's really worth driving. All-wheel yep. drive, skis, mountain bike. Yes, bombing up roads. Yes. But then you're looking at cheap, fun cars. Maybe it is a Miata. Maybe it is a GT86. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there that as, you know, we're easing into this. It's yeah, the, yeah. the addition kind of thing. But if you're throwing all that out, all I have to say is Hyundai Veloster N, manual. Good. 28 to 30, to 31,000, we'll mm-hmm. say. I mm-hmm. looked them up on Auto Tempest. They're available with low miles, fun, yeah. super fun, fun yeah. hatchy. You can track those things because it's the N. It's designed for track use. You can take it out to the track and have yeah. some fun track yeah, yeah. days. It's not the rear-wheel drive hot sports car, but... You're not going to have to worry about it. And that's what I want for you. I want, mm, I want mm. the fun, but I'm willing to give up the rear wheel drive because you're busy. You don't have time to wrench. You don't have to time to do that kind of thing yeah, until yeah. we get you that fun, cool sports car, whatever that looks like. That's good stuff. I've got a couple others that I want to put into wildcard territory for various reasons. And the, and the first two are because for your $40,000 budget, you're going to be buying a used one. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need maintenance. And one is mm-hmm. the Mercedes AMG CLA 45. That's a fantastic dad hatch. Now, it's not manual. That's one of the problems. It's sweet. it's turbocharged a lot. And so you're going to have to make sure the maintenance is done. The other one that's obvious here is a used Macan. What What you're longing for is you're a dad with real life... And you're looking back at that old WRX wagon. So I'm trying to merge good. the WRX wagon with the fact that you've grown up. Well, CLA <laughs> AMG 45 and a used Macan. Now, neither of those are manual. The used Macan is obviously going to take Porsche maintenance, but for 40 grand, you could get a used one of those. Could. Both of those feel like the upgrade from the WRX wagon. And then I have another one. I mean, that is Volkswagen Group. Totally. Porters. I have another one that is out of Volkswagen Group that you could get in manual that might work here. Mini Countryman. All-wheel drive Mini Countryman. Four doors, four seats, a hatch. It's a mini little SUV. Comes in manual. Didn't see that one coming, but as I was reading this, I was like, you know what might work here for Matt? So that is my extreme wild card. There's a lot of stuff to drive. I like that, Matt. I mean, we're still going to need to work on replacing that Lexus because as some kids grow, you're going to want to take more road trips. I really feel like that's going to need to leave, but that's an excellent choice. The Countryman. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars, one search. 
This is the episode of All Dads. Yes, it's Dads with WRX History, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, WRX Dads. You're right. Doing. Yep. There it is. Julian S. writes to us. As a fairly recent listener, Julian, really appreciate you writing to us. He is really related to the, the dad mobile and wanting something mm-hmm. that's fun, but he's not interested in a dedicated fun car. He wants something that's fun that he can drive all the time. Yeah, yeah. But he might be able to track it. He mm. wants to okay. maybe do more with it than just commute in it. It's got to be fun all the time, but just the one car. He is okay with his 2010 WRX, but there's you know no doubt it's a compromise. So he'd love to hear more ideas. He's a father of two young kids. He's got a dog. The dog does not need to be factor in. But he's just giving us the inventory of everybody that's around. He's yeah. just, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're making the list. Mm-hmm. He'd say five doors is better than four, but four will work. He works from home, short commute. And then he's got this WRX hatchback. Man, 2010, <laughs> ding, that's ding, kind ding. of a rare, rare. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm thinking more of the STI. That'd be the rarer kind of, you know, But this is the, this is the recipe that people walked away from. Subaru walked away from the WX or STI hatchback. And we keep coming back to people who were like, you know what? I'd like an updated version of the WX hatchback. And Subaru is going, you know what we're not offering? That. Mm -hmm. They should. They really should. (laughs) Yes. Why didn't they call and ask for product planning advice? People really don't call us. This is what I've concluded. We we have much to say (laughs) and we get very few phone calls. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Notable cars that Julian used to own, all manual transmission, include an 08 Mazda Mazda Speed 3. Mm Mm-hmm. Mini Cooper Clubman non-S okay. with asterisks indicating this is the most fun car he's owned. And it wasn't the S. Keep that in mind. He said it was slow. It was ugly. I actually think they're great looking, but whatever. He said it was slow. It was ugly, but it was special. Every t- single time he drove it, he drove it to the edges of itself, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to drive it to the edge of yourself. Yeah, for what? sure. BMW E30 and two E28. And also uh, a 5 Series, the one everybody likes, the E39 Touring with a manual. He's had BMWs in his past. Hmm. 1990 Audi Coupe Quattro. Todd is shivering. Yeah, I had one of those. Mm-hmm. They were, it wasn't a great it, experience. It, 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 was, it, was, it was my first European car experience. I came out still liking European cars and realizing they were not the same as the Chevy and stuff that I'd driven. They were you different. guys owned that about a year, didn't you? We did. We had it about a year and left. <laughs> and... It, the problem was it, we, we bought it. We actually got it from a, a, a friend of my wife's, and it was in good shape, and they loved it. And I actually kind of – it was my first front-wheel drive experience, actually, because I'd been driven Chevy Caprices, which apparently only come rear-wheel drive. Uh, but uh, So it was a very different driving experience. It was my first European car. A lot of things I liked about it. The problem was we didn't buy it for very much. We didn't have very much. It was very early on in our marriage. And every time we put it in for anything – they found, and this was not an Audi dealer. This was like our local trusted mechanic who did fine with Chevys and all kinds of stuff that we'd never had extra cost. Every time the Audi went in, two or three other things needed to be done, and it was always three or four times more expensive than we had budgeted. Mm. So after about six months of that, we looked at it and we're like, we have to get rid of this car. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Also, 03 Ford Focus ZX5. Those were kind of cool. Julian installed the SVT suspension kit. Mm-hmm. He loved the car, great handling and feel, and Ford used this steering rack in the GT. That's cool. Interesting. Didn't know that. Stupid cheap to run. So his list of wants include as small as possible, except however, huge parentheses. Six six. He fits in most cars. He says no Miatas, but Mini Coopers are spacious enough. Okay. Six six. Six six. Six foot six. I I okay. Yeah, right. That's that's so that's what work around. Yeah. Uh, don't 1977 MGs work? What's crazy is, yeah, I know I know a guy, (laughs) six foot seven. 
who has owned a string of MGs, and he had me drive one of his MGs moving it around for him one day, and it may have been the only time I've gotten in a tiny car and moved the seat forward. <laughs> it was like, how on earth? And, and also, six, seven. and also, this guy is mostly legs. Yeah. I've never had a problem. And he's like, his, his waistline is still like my sternum bone. He's so much legs. I got in his car, was like, I got to move forward. In a tiny car. To, and it wasn't like, I got to move forward because I'm doing track driving. It's like, no, I can't reach the clutch enough. I got to move That's forward. amazing. Yeah. So there you go. Julian, MG for you. <laughs> that it's also rear-wheel drive. He prefers rear-wheel right. drive. Perfect. Done. <laughs> Chassis dynamics matter more, though. He's up for one to three casual track days a year. He doesn't trust the engine in his WRX for this. Mm-hmm. Five doors is ideal, as we mentioned, but four is okay. He doesn't care much about power. He talks about he loves the slow car, fast driving thing. Okay, I like it. He tends to prefer naturally aspirated engines, but mm. it's not a big deal. Luxury stuff and tech is a bit of a turnoff for him, but he'll tolerate it. Interesting, okay. He likes his cars fairly simple and durable and hates feeling guilty in it when he hops in after a wet mountain bike ride. Mm, okay, so leather swathed everything is bad. Yeah. Drain holes in the floor, better. Not yeah. a car payment person. So after selling the WRX, this would go up to about 20 grand, maybe some wiggle room. I'm going to use that wiggle room. Of course you are. At this point, he writes that we're thinking Fiesta ST, as is he. Interesting. It just always seemed a little too tight with two car seats in the back. But maybe that's livable for him to have his knees in the dash during the daycare drop-off and pickup. Interesting. Julian, I have one car and one car only. You're kidding. One car to rule them all. Wow, all right. For you, Julian, is the 11th generation Honda Civic Si. Oh, yeah. And Lots of space. Done. Lots of space. Front wheel drive. Mm. I mean, it's front wheel drive. It does have some tech, but it's clean and simple. It is, yeah. You don't have to worry about the interior. They're 29 grand. It's not 20 grand, but but it's I do. T- I, I, I see where you went. I do see where you went. Manual, great mm-hmm. to drive. You'll forget that it's front wheel drive. It doesn't meet the rear wheel drive. But he does say chassis dynamics matter more, and it mm-hmm. is great fun to drive. The turbo kicks in. You will like having the turbo. It's a Honda. It's a Civic. It's very, very good. It's it's very it's worth the good. stretch. It's very, very good. I think that is it. That I hadn't actually even gone there, but I think that's great. All uh, about the SI for you. I, I love that. Julian, the Fiesta ST was what I was thinking of by the time I reached that paragraph. <laughs> Except I didn't think you were going to fit. And then when you told me that that's an option, I was kind of amazed by it. The Fiesta ST would work. How cramped are you at 6'6 in a Fiesta ST? Though we have discovered before, that is a car for tall guys. Yeah, it is. It the is. people that we know that love that car typically were all over six feet tall. The people that we knew that were under six feet tall were like, I like it, but I can't get quite right in it. So somehow they made a tiny car for huge people. Tiny thinking car of the for Simpsons huge episode. This was the biggest car I could afford. <laughs> anyway, uh, when, after Nelson laps at the guy. Anyway, it's a whole Simpsons thing. But uh, I'm totally so, thinking SI. He'll fit fine. It's got gobs of yes, space. Yes, the SI you will have lots of space. Yes, because the Fiesta ST is going to be a problem with rear car seats, which was the same problem I had by thinking about the first-gen FRS or GT86 or BRZ, which you would fit in fine. It's a tall guy car. The problem is two car seats. Mm -hmm. So then I got really down in the weeds. Are they both rear-facing? Can you put one kid in the passenger seat Mm -hmm. and one behind because the airbag turns off? How far can we take this (laughs) rabbit hole? I mean, things will change. Yes, of course they will. So anyway, I did wonder about that. I think that's probably not right, but I didn't think about it. You mentioned Veloster N on the last car debate. I'm mentioning it here. Oh, nice. Hyundai Veloster N. That actually has a good amount of space. You don't have to be precious with it at all. It's three doors, which is oddball, but you can get car seats in there. Veloster N would be great. And then Mm -hmm. my last one for you, Julian, because I think... You can get it in any kind of spec. 
So you don't have to be precious. You don't actually, you aren't a guy that needs the most power in the world. So look at the last gen two series BMW. You could even go 228i. Get the 228i oh, yeah. with the manual transmission. Make sure it's got the sport pack so it has the proper like M-tuned suspension. That car is incredibly fun. Surprisingly good backseat space. Good rear wheel drive fun. That's really good. And he's a BMW enthusiast. Yes, he he's is. He's already established that. Like it. Julian, you've got some driving homework to do, my yeah, friend. Do. So do you, Matt. We're really interested in hearing your car debate. If you've got debates like Matt, like Julian, write to us every day, TV at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions. And most of all, that's right, your car debates. You guys give us lots of great questions, as always. Thank you for that. We've got a few that run all over the map here, but I'm going to start on one that's not cars for a minute, or it's, I'm going to say it's car adjacent. Hmm. Uh, Kirk is asking on Facebook, do we think that for non-pros, he's, he's pointing at himself apparently, are GoPros the Miatas of cameras? There's the car connection. For recording hmm. driving footage, or are there alts that are just as good? He said, would an older GoPro be okay when he's recording autocross or rallycross? Kirk, here's the thing you have to know about GoPros. They're so easy, why not? Yeah. That's yeah. the truth. And now now we put GoPros all over the cabins of the cars because they're just so easy to mount and get lots of different options, which is why we have multiple cameras in both our test drives and our big pieces. We do that. We used to do single camera, big camera, mounted at our faces in the car. And we could only shoot one car at a time because we had one set of rigging and one camera with the right lens, and it took a, a lot longer. It's insane. But once GoPros got acceptable, and I am using that term in italics, it's they're, they're is a GoPro less than one of our good cameras as far as quality? Yes, absolutely. If, if I'm chasing image quality only, I will not use a GoPro in car for us. But the truth is, after about the GoPro 8, they got good enough that it was acceptable. And the trade-off for ease of use was so huge. It's like, just let's put GoPros everywhere. Okay. Festoon so is the if word. You are a person, exactly. So if you are a person who you want to record your own stuff, I would say GoPro 8 and above. The thing that the GoPro has always struggled with is, I'm going to go geeky for a second, but it is the range of exposure, the exposure range. And in cars, this is a real problem. You mount it over your shoulder and it's not exposed right. Oh, I can see everything I'm doing in the cabin, but the windshield's blown out. Or the windshield's perfect, but the cabin's a cave. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. GoPro struggled with that for a long time. Starting at the 8s, they started to be acceptable. We're at the 11s now. We have had GoPros related to the show since GoPro 3, by the way. It's been a while, one or two years. But starting with the 8, they started to be acceptable. Uh, the 9s overheated a lot. <laughs> the 10s have a really good image quality. And the 11s are marginally better again. So we have a little bit of everything. Our <laughs> GoPro bag is deep. But I would say if you can get a GoPro, get something better than an 8, mount it, Figure out all the settings. Watch your exposure. It should be awesome. We have a lot of bugs on many of our GoPros. We have had they're a like, lot of bugs. They're like embedded permanently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they come, the... they come in at speed. <laughs> they, are, they are aiming for the lens. It's great. Geese1RBM asks, what are some of our favorite concept cars that never made it into production? Mm. Geese was recently thinking about the Nissan IDX and lamenting the fact that it never made it past the concept phase. Mm. I mean, it's really just to get people excited about Nissan again. Mm -hmm, yeah. And you're right, Geese. I don't know if I told you. I think I might have told this story in the podcast before, but I saw that IDX at Nissan's design studio in San Diego and just, I was crazy about it. It mm -hmm. looks so good. It's even better in person. The proportions are spot on. Mm. They should have built this car. And the exterior rear view mirrors mounted on the fenders, you know, like the JDM market uh, yeah, yeah. rear view mirrors on the white and black version of that car 
it's not a mirror. They just, the, the concept team just stuck a speaker, like an audio speaker, oh, a yeah. three inch speaker into that mirror to make it look all edgy and cool. And Funny. it's like, wait, that's a speaker that kind of, that's not right. Anyway. So that's uh, speaks to concept cars, just getting done. We didn't have mirror glass for our concept. Hey, this speaker fits, shove it in, put it on the show stand. <laughs> we have got to go people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move it. So the list for me is the BMW 3.0 CSL homage mm. and also that M1 homage concept. Absolutely gorgeous. Why didn't BMW make the CSL homage? Mm. It's mm -hmm. fantastic looking. There's no beaver teeth. The proportions are spot on. Like 2002 meets 2 Series kind of proportions. Fantastic. Mm. And that M1, yes, bring the M1 back. Also the Vision Next that was also a BMW creation, kind of weird color scheme, but I like that they're just playing with things. BMW has done some amazing concepts. Yeah. And uh, what was the one called uh, that had the fabric, the folding fabric uh, that was oh, also- Oh, yeah, yeah. What was that called? It, it, it had like eyes that looked like they opened for the lights. Yeah. That was amazing, yes. It was just a wireframe and then fabric stretched mm -hmm. over the top of that. The name escapes me at the moment, but that was beautiful. I mean, that was nowhere close to production, but. I have seen no other car manufacturer experiment like BMW does with their concept cars. Great point, yeah. Phenomenal. So when the doors opened, the fabric bunched. It was bunched. the Gina. It was the, the Gina. Gina, thank and you. And you could actually open, you could open the center of it to show the engine. Yes. It would open for like eyes for the lights. It was a fantastic concept that I, I looked at it instantly and had two thoughts. That is one of the cooler concepts I've ever seen and we will never see it again. We'll never see it. It's <laughs> brilliant. I mean, they're, they're playing not with hard surfaces you're you're now having to manage bunched fabric mm -hmm. yeah which yeah, is yeah. now very close to furniture and that just really appealed to me i mean you're, you've got this armature and you're managing how the fabric swells and shapes and brilliant maybe there will be some future material that that will be somewhat viable uh what else the cadillac cl and el mirage mm. when cadillac was that cl is that four-door convertible huge thing that's what a Cadillac is. Mm, the mm -hmm. El Mirage was gorgeous, long, beautiful. That's what cost $340,000, not this hatchback thing they've come up with. <laughs> I agree. No. The, the, the Celestique is, is Celestique. a strange looking thing. I have one actually. It came out around the same time as a concept. came around the same time as when Toyota and Subaru lost, launched the first Gen 86. Okay. Chevrolet had a concept they called, I had to look it up, the Code 130R. And the oh, only way I know right. to describe it is it looks like Chevrolet makes a 1M styling-wise. Yes. It's like that. It was a little yes. rear-wheel drive, two-door, two-plus-two thing. And I thought, Chevy, yes, make that, please. It looks like the Mini Camaro. Make that at yes. 3,000 pounds or less. I thought that was a uh, that looked like a home run to me. It was never got past the concept stage. I mean, look, it's not the prettiest car ever, but it but it it looks purposeful in the same way the 1M did. And I just thought it was great looking and it was like the Mini Camaro, yes. That is that's a great one. The Jaguar CX75 mm. supercar looking thing yep. that was featured in the Bond film yep. Spectre, I believe. Yep. I believe you're right. Yep. Uh, Driven by David Baptista before he became famous playing uh, his role in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's, was that before he was the Guardians? thug? Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. 
that that car was special. That very, looked like very Jaguar cool. to that, me. That looked like look. That looked like the perfect follow up to the XJ220. Yes, it was brilliant. Why looking. didn't they yes, build that for sure? Even if you wanted to hybridize or electrify that drivetrain, I'm mm-hmm. sure the engineers could have introduced and at least a second generation of styling. The proportions mm-hmm. were beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what Jaguar is. That had essence of Jaguar to me. Yep. Whereas their current crop of sedans essence of jaguar i don't care what it what about that you're is right. jaguar you're right it's hard tell me that's different from mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and then finally all those lotus prototypes when danny behar was it behar that he was the, uh, the guy that came from red bull took yes. over at lotus as their marketing guy and promised like five or six cars remember all those i do it brought back all the hallowed names mm-hmm. and i was going yes like five or six concept cars on the stand in the exact same year and it was everything from an Elise replacement to something like Lotus builds a, a 599. It was like a 2 plus 2 front engine thing. They had this spectrum of cars. It was so cool. And we were thinking about it at the LA Auto Show that year. Like, do we think they'll build any of these? Or do we really think yeah, so? They didn't just, build any of them, unfortunately. They vanished. Yeah, none of them. They were all gorgeous. So all of those, if those had been built, think about what the car landscape would look like mm, right now. That's good. Even more choice. Love it. Matt Guerra, 82, is trying to hurt me with his uh, track daily crush. <laughs> hey. Mid-engine fun. Yeah. Lotus Emira, Porsche Cayman GT4, Alpine A110S, oh. track daily crush. Now, full disclosure. <laughs> I don't see the Porsche surviving here. <laughs> I haven't driven the Alpine A110. No, no. Or the we, A110S. We, we haven't. We saw multiple at the ring when we were there this year. I am fascinated to drive this car Uh one of the things that I've heard, besides the fact that I think everything about it, I would love it. I've heard that this is Gordon Murray's daily. It is? He drives an Alpine A110 as his daily. I thought it was like a Tycon it. or something. I, or, I, or maybe he drives a few, but that's huh. my, my understanding is he was on Matt Ferris' podcast. I heard him on there. It was a great interview that those guys did. And he mentioned that his, his daily was an Alpine a, uh, A110 and how awesome he thought it was and how great he thought the steering and rotation was. And I thought, well, I'm a fan of pretty much all that guy does. And he's a genius. <laughs> Everything. So Alpine A110 it is. So anyway, so I've never driven that car, so I can't speak to it in that regard. But I, hmm, all right. Uh, ouch. Okay, this this is hard. Okay, let me say this. If I'm tracking a lot, I have to track the Cayman GT4 because it with the PDK because that is your tracking transmission. It is. Okay. It is. If wow. I'm tracking a lot, that would be the track car. However, however, mm. I don't really like being another person with a Porsche Cayman in the paddock. That does kind of bug me. So that <laughs> Because it's me, I'd get the Alpine A110S as the track car instead of the Cayman GT4, even though the GT4 would probably be faster. So I'm going to track the Alpine, daily the Amira, and sadly crush the GT4, even though I will admit it's probably the better track car. But you asked me, and there's where we're going. (laughs) I knew that Porsche wouldn't survive. Okay, I'll, I'll have a stab at it. I have not driven the A110S, but the Amira is fantastic. I'll bet you with a touring suspension, I want to be on that thing every day. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. All the time, constantly, I just want to be driving that thing and cackling. I have to go out again? Oh, you need that? Oh. Are we out of milk? I, I I, didn't even know we were out of that. To the store! Yep. <laughs> we're going. I'm out of coffee. I, I'm out of make anything up. I'm out of something. Throw it away, put it in the dumpster, and just, I'm out. Of... <laughs> I'm going to go to the store and see what they have that I need. I'm just going to go right now. Bread. We need We yep. need hot dog buns, don't we? We're out. We're out. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? 
Uh, I've got a thought here for Adrian Lane who asks what non-electric cars have the low end instant torque of the B58 engine, Mm. the Supra and the BMW 40 models. Are there others? Mm. I'm asking why, Adrian? What what do you want? Mm. Mm. The reason I say this is because every time in the software industry, the person customer facing, which was always me, (laughs) yes, it was. hey, does the software do this? And I, I changed my response instead of saying, well, no, it doesn't because that, that sounds bad. Mm, no, mm. It, it doesn't do the thing that you want. Wait a minute. Why do you want that? Mm. And then the reason comes out and it's sort of like, oh, well, you're asking me that that's not really the greatest reason. You just want to kind of cheat on your work or do your work faster mm, or something and kind of do the end run around what here's how you actually should be doing the process. It's actually better. Mm. It's slower right now that now that you don't know how to do that work that tool, but ultimately this will give you a better solution in the end. I always had to temper myself instead of sitting there and taking the bullets and be like, no, our software doesn't do that. Wait, what do you want it to do? What are you, what are you actually asking? So I'll put that back to you, Adrian, because I do know of a Santa Fe that has really great torque off the line, (laughs) but I know that's not what you want to hear. Very funny. But many supercars, I mean, even things like 911s and Caymans, they make all their power at the top end. Mm. They are, my Cayman is not quick off the line. Yeah. I mean, four seconds or 4.5, whatever it is, that's respectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll get thrashed by all the pickup trucks. They can all just leave me. <laughs> off the line, the diesels have got you. I totally they hear do. that. Yeah. They're gone. So I'm just wondering, is it is it just to have that feeling off the line? Because that seems less important to me. I'm, and I'm not trying to dance around the question. I mean, Caymans and, you know, anything that's turbo will have that, you know, that instant torque off the line, including all the front wheel drive cars we, that we've named through, mm-hmm. uh, through the two debates today. Uh, Civic Type R, the Veloster N, all the stuff that we love. Um, the Elantra N, decently quick. You get into that turbo, you're gone. But my question is back to you. What do you want mm-hmm. the car to do? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you want that? Are you just you know, drag racing? Is it just stoplight drag racing? What are we? Well, we were talking about throttle response earlier being crazy. Doing? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that going on too. Revs Up is asking another technical question that's only car adjacent, but I'm going to try to handle this. He says, what is it? Is it my TV? Is it compression? Is it poor bandwidth? He says he's got our YouTube videos set to 4K, but when we're in motion, sharp edges like a window edge has a thin buffer of blur as we drive past the roadside. He says his TV is 4K. It can do good refresh. Everything else looks great. What is going on? Revs up. This is, this is that crazy thing we used to chase when I worked in the film industry where all you can do is make the best version possible and what happens downstream you can't worry about. <laughs> because, oh, because there's so many variables. Yeah, I would have to sit with you and your gear and work my way backwards to our master. <laughs> That's literally, we'd have to yeah. go, is it this, is it this, yeah. is it this? I'll give you a couple of things. First off, I will say this. I mentioned earlier that we're using GoPros inside now. Now, GoPros have a threshold due to their recording and compression. And so it may be GoPro-based. What you may be seeing, if it's on our interior shots of us and the, and the stuff rushing by the window, the driver's side window on the outside, I would attribute that the first culprit is GoPro. Mm. GoPro-related compression, not being able to handle that amount of detail rushing past the window. But here's the crazy thing. Not a lot of processing chips can. But then, there's the thing that nobody, te- well, nobody, no one will tell you. I will tell you. No one else will tell you. If you watch a Blu-ray DVD, which is not 4K, <laughs> on your 4K TV, 
it will look better than anything you are streaming 4K. It's true. Because the bandwidth, the actual amount of data coming to your television is better coming off the hard disk. It's a much higher bandwidth, bit rate, many things going on. Much denser file that looks much better at your TV than it would if it were anything you streamed. I don't care how fast your internet is. I don't care what you're getting it from. There's just more compression to get it down the pipe. Mm-hmm. So it may be that pr- culprit. There are so many culprits. <laughs> I will say one last one, and that is make sure your TV, every company calls it something diff- different. Turn off any and all smoothing. <laughs> there's diff- that, that's the best way I know to describe it. Yeah. There's, there's different ways they refer to it, but it, but essentially makes everything look like a soap opera. It just it's it's trying to smooth the frames out. Don't smooth the frames out. I need to see the frames. It makes We're it not look cinematic. So if there's any kind of smoothing going on, look into what your TV calls it. Turn that off right now. It won't just help us. It'll help everything. <laughs> Two more quick questions before we wrap up for this episode. Anthony Z asks, what's a silly little thing that doesn't matter bothers me about my car, bothers mm. us about our cars? On his GT86, if we fold the mirrors in, the passenger mirror is faster than the driver's mirror. <laughs> it's a race. <laughs> it's like your garage doors. One's faster than the other. That bugs me. Anthony, it's the lack of backup camera on my Cayman. Oh, interesting. I have to turn around and look. Yeah. Who does that? I do. But yes. I do too. Because <laughs> I don't have a camera. That's funny. That's a good point. Yeah. And the other thing is the same Cayman. Why isn't there nav? It's an mm. expensive car. It mm. should have had nav, like a good one. And this was prior to them implementing Apple CarPlay. Yep. It doesn't have Apple CarPlay. And it's expensive to upgrade the sure. stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it should have for whatever it was new, $95,000 new, Oof. and it doesn't have CarPlay? Oh, I guess they didn't put it in your high end till 2017. That's why we got a 2017. That is, that is 100% why we didn't look before 2017. CarPlay. <sighs> yeah. It's an ancient car, but it's, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> right? And David P. on Facebook has a question. Are we ever going to publish a book with all the great roads that we drive on? In all of my free time. Wait, no, there's none of that. <laughs> I mean, that's a great that's idea. Cool. What uh, what time do we have and, you know, to do with that? And, uh, you know, would that, would that sell? We would make no money on it. I don't, <laughs> because here's the thing. And I am not. Maybe, maybe it's I a am not. I am not throwing shade at all. But I know you and I know how much you like tactility of paper. And books and magazines. Yes. Because you have great, great choice on that. So this would be an incredibly nice coffee table book with incredible photos of these roads and descriptions of these roads. There's a book about the ring called like Ring 360 that's this kind it's of idea. Same kind of idea. It's like yeah. all the roads around yeah. the ring. This would be roads we've driven around the world and around around the nation that would be all of it would be a fantastic coffee table book, but it would be very expensive to compile, incredibly expensive to make. We would probably sell six. <laughs> And we would, and everybody that had one would love it. Yeah, yeah. But it would be a massive money and time losing endeavor. Unless we go super high end, like Nathan Mervold, who used to be a Microsoft executive and left all that behind to become a professional chef, and then published a six volume cookbook that yes, is but, like five or six hundred dollars. But it started with him being a Microsoft executive, which means you could just fire hose cash at little well, yeah, projects. Yeah, he had a that lot of money. Started that way. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I would love to have this, and he's experimented with chemistry and food and all this stuff. He's off the deep end. He's a professional chef now <laughs> because he. Had. And then he published this tome. I, it was like six hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or something. It was incredible, you know, quality, all this stuff. Yeah, and he also doesn't have to care if anyone buys it. That's true. We yeah. do, guys. Thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us. You know where to get a hold of us. And we're always looking forward to hearing from you. Looking forward to next time too. Cheers, everyone.